On this episode of the Optimize for Impact podcast, I'm going to be sharing the case study of how my roommates have begun a bit of a fat loss journey for themselves, the three primary drivers that will make them successful in this body composition change, and the first step that we settled on, which will allow them to successfully be able to get results and keep them moving forward. So if this sounds like something you're interested in, if this would benefit you in your own body recomposition goals, well then keep on listening. Hi, I'm Joseph Olschlager, and what you're about to experience is a brand new approach toward optimizing your health, wellness, and fitness so that you can fully thrive in both business and in life. But get ready because we're going against industry norms and we're saying no to hacks, shortcuts, fad diets, and tunnel vision on physique and appearance, and saying yes to simple, timeless principles of health and wellness to build a clear, powerful mind, a strong, capable body, and resilient vitality. So you can go get out there and fully pursue your purpose, maximize your impact, and live a deeply fulfilling, satisfying life. Welcome to the Optimized for Impact podcast. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Optimized for Impact podcast. My name is Joseph. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, if you're new to the show, I want to say welcome. This podcast is for people who wish to really live life, who want to build and create a level of health, wellness, fitness, energy, which allows you to fully pursue your purpose, maximize your impact, and live a deeply fulfilling, meaningful life. Now to do those things, to build the level of health which will allow you to do those things, to fully pursue and live your dreams, we need to make it as simple as possible in order to be consistent, right? Now, results, whether it's, you know, building muscle, maintaining fitness, maintaining great energy and mental clarity, those results only come from actions that you take on a regular basis. And the way to make sure that you can take those actions as consistently as possible is by making them as simple as possible. So that's what this show is dedicated to, helping you simplify your health behaviors, your health routines so that you can increase consistency, do the actions, take the actions that you have to do or that you need to do most days in order to build the foundation of health, wellness, fitness, vitality, which will allow you to go create your dream. So welcome. Let's get to this episode. On the show today, I want to share with you a case study. I want to give you a real life example of some of these principles in action, of how someone is simplifying their health routine so they can get the results they wish to get. Now, this example is gonna come from my housemates. So recently, my housemates, for a couple months, they've been talking about wanting to lose some fat, wanting to increase their health, increase their wellness, increase their energy, and fat loss is the thing they'd like to do. Now, a couple weeks ago, they finally sat down and we're like, we're going to do this. We're going to take this from an intention and we're going to make it into a plan, something that we're actually going to take action on. We're going to go from wish to reality, which is super cool. And the first thing they did, which was excellent, this is the first step you always want to take, is they got really clear on their goal. 
They began with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey would say. And so they specified what success or what goal they wish to achieve. They know where they're going, right? Once you have a clear, crystal clear, well-defined goal, you know exactly what to do. You can work back from that goal. You can reverse engineer and say, okay, if I want to lose 10 to 15 pounds, which was one of their goals, then what do I need to do in order to do that? That's crucial. Know the endpoint and work back from there. That's what they did. We sat down and we're like, okay, what's the goal? And we decided the goal here is body recomposition. So they want to lose fat while maintaining or maybe even building a little bit of muscle or lean mass, right? Lean body by losing fat. Now, in order to do this, in order to achieve any type of body composition goal or recomposition goal, there are three big drivers that go into this. Three big buckets, if you will, to think about for this goal. One is sleep, one is nutrition, and one is exercise. Now, I personally argue that sleep and nutrition are the most important. They tie for the first place of importance of those three drivers, with exercise coming in at a very close but second place. And that's because nutrition and sleep, I believe, are the things that most directly affect fat loss. Now, nutrition may be pretty obvious. There are two, two reasons nutrition is one of the biggest drivers of any body recomposition goal. And that's one, that the foods you eat are the calories that either build mass or reduce mass, right? This is energy balance. In order to lose any type of weight, you have to be in a negative caloric deficit. You just have to be eating less energy than your body's using, right? That's science. That's the way it is. Also, the other factor of nutrition is protein. See, while calories in, calories out is the king for whether your weight's going to go up or down, protein is one of the levers that tells you what weight you're going to lose. Protein can help you lose fat specifically rather than have part of your weight loss come from losing things like muscle or lean tissue, things you don't want to lose, right? Most of us want to maintain our muscle mass, maintain our strength and fitness, not lose it when we're trying to lose fat. And so protein is one of those drivers. When you eat enough protein, it tells your body, hold the muscle, don't use the muscles, instead burn the fat. Okay, so nutrition is a key driver because of calorie balance and protein helping you spare muscle and burn fat. Now, sleep is the other big driver. And this is for two primary reasons here, is that when you are under recovered, when you are not sleeping either enough, which is quantity, or the quality is poor, right? Your sleep quality is not very good. Those leave you feeling tired, right? Exhausted. And when you're in that under-recovered state, especially when you are trying to lose fat, this causes two things. One, poor sleep decreases the physical activity you'll get during your day. Straight across the board, when you are more tired, your body will try to conserve energy and you will be less likely to feel like exercising and you'll be less likely to exercise. And remember, exercise is important. 
So sleep is kind of upstream of exercise. If you're sleeping well, you're more likely to have quality workouts and work out more or move more. The second driver of sleep is that it affects your appetite. So in your body, you have two hunger hormones, ghrelin and leptin. Ghrelin is the hunger hormone. As ghrelin increases, your hunger increases. Desire to eat, how much you think about food, increases. And leptin is the opposite, like the yin to the yang. Leptin is leptin increase. Your body tells you, we're good, we're full, we don't need any more food. And so the two are constantly kind of in a teeter-totter balance. And when you sleep poorly, when you either you don't get enough sleep or your quality of sleep is low, ghrelin increases and leptin decreases. You're much more likely to feel hungry all the time. When you feel hungry, all of us are much more likely to subconsciously eat more food, whether it's snacking, whether it's loading up at more meals. That can make it difficult to stay in that lower calorie, that negative calorie balance that you need to be in in order to lose that. So sleep and nutrition are two huge, huge drivers that work together to help you reach a body composition goal. But then there's exercise. Exercise is the third piece of this. And specifically, one type of exercise is the most important when we are talking about fat loss. And that's resistance exercise. Now, I am not saying that it's better than cardio or anything else, right? But we are saying resistance training, that's like push-ups, squats, anything that you're moving weight or pushing against, using your body to push and load your muscles with a weight-bearing activity. Resistance training does have a unique benefit in the fat loss case because similar to protein, it is a stimulus that tells your body to maintain and hold on to muscle. And so when you're in that negative calorie balance, when you're eating less food than you're spending, oftentimes your body will want to use some fat for energy, but also use some of your muscle mass for energy. And so by doing resistance exercise, that gives a unique stimulus to the body to say like, okay, hold on to the muscle, let's not, let's not burn muscle, let's instead burn fat. And that's unique to resistance training. So those are the three big drivers of a body recomposition goal. Sleep, nutrition, exercise. And I mention this because when I and my housemates sat down to be able to begin to plan out how they're going to go about achieving the fat loss they want to achieve, these are the three things, the three buckets where I wanted to center most of the conversation. And during that conversation, I was looking for which are those, out of those three, which ones are they most interested in beginning to work on first? And it was nutrition. Now, here I want to pause and say, I'm a big, big, big believer in doing things one step at a time. Because when you make changes just one step at a time, you are so much more likely to successfully be able to take those actions to be consistent each and every day or most days. And so here's what often happens. Here's what a lot of people do. And here's a mistake a lot of people make, unfortunately, when it comes to these body recomposition goals. And that is to make a bunch of changes at once. So a lot of people will try to change their nutrition, they'll try to change their sleep, and they'll try to change their exercise all at once. And that's great, 
when you're motivated, when you have that fresh, like, let's do this, and you're excited about it, and it's great. You can often make a ton of changes. People will start a new diet. They'll start a new exercise program. They'll go to the gym again. They'll try to rechange how they're sleeping. And that all works while you're motivated. But unfortunately, motivation, as we know, is fickle. It comes and it goes. And so what happens many times is as motivation dips after a week or two or three, and they're no longer as excited, it's very easy to begin to mess up or let slide one of those changes that they committed to making, whether it's exercise, nutrition, sleep. And unfortunately, as you begin to drop the ball on one thing, that discouragement, that feeling of failure can actually compound and make it much more likely that you'll stop doing everything because you feel like a failure. So even if they were crushing going to the gym, they were like doing so good on their workouts, but they're starting to drop the ball a bit on the diet, that discouragement can often cause most people to abandon everything completely because they feel like a failure and no one likes feeling that. So instead of doing that, by choosing one thing at a time, slowing it down, taking it step by step, you are so much more likely to do one thing. So just pick, am I going to change my diet? Am I going to change my sleep? Or am I going to change my exercise first? Just pick one. So much more likely to do it successfully, build momentum, build wins, begin to get results. And as that becomes a habit, as it becomes something that is simple, you adapt to that change. Then you can go back and pick the next thing. you. Okay, That's my philosophy. And according to research, that works very, very well and promotes actual sustainability of behavior change, which allows you to get results faster, maintain them for longer, and be able to kick ass in life, which is what I think most of us want. So with my housemates, we, in the conversations, picked nutrition to be the thing that they were the most interested in. And so always, always go with the thing you actually want to change the most. You'll be much more likely to actually do it. So as we looked at their nutrition, we, I uh, took us kind of a snapshot, a little audit, so to speak, of some of their nutrition habits, some things that they were doing well, and some things that gave them room for improvement. Now, things that they were already crushing so many things, they were doing so many things well, and that was planning out most of their meals every week. That was regular grocery shopping to support those meal plans that they were already doing. And they were already making the majority of their meals at home. Now, those are all very important for many reasons, especially making the majority of your food at home. You will find that if you eat out a lot, and there's, there's no problem necessarily with eating out, there are ways you can do it and still hit your goals, maintain incredible health, maintain a lean body, etc. It's totally doable eating out. But there are many benefits to making the shift, primarily eating most of your food at home, making most of your meals at home. And that's because you can control the quality of foods that you're using. A lot of times, well, in most cases, eating food at home, when people eat more meals at home, they increase the amount of nutrients in their diet, vitamins, minerals, and that's because they get to choose foods they eat. And typically when you're in full control of choosing the foods you eat, you can choose more nutrient-rich, high-quality foods. Now, you can also control, typically, the amount of calories in your food much simpler at home. 
lot of meals out in restaurants, they use a lot of cooking oils. Again, there's nothing inherently bad with that, but cooking oils, oils and fats are the most calorie dense food. And so when there's a lot of that added into a plate of food, it's hard for you to see that, right? The oils kind of disappear into most meals. You don't really see them, they're just not there. And so you can end up eating a lot more calories than you need at that meal just because there's like hidden oils in that food based on how the restaurants are preparing the food, right? So you have better control of that when you cook at home. You can see what you're adding. You know what you're doing. And then finally, you have better control of portion sizes, both how much you're dishing onto your plate and then what types of food you're dishing. So for example, at a restaurant, when you order a meal, they just drop a plate in front of you. You usually have no say over how much they put on that plate. Maybe you need that much food. Maybe you don't for that meal, right? When you're at home, you can eyeball that. You can start with less. You have a smaller amount in your plate, and you can decide if you want more later. At a restaurant, oftentimes, unless you ask for them to you know, box half before it comes out, those drop a bunch of food in front of you. And as many of us learned as kids, right? Like you gotta eat everything on your plate before you leave the table. Many times we just simply eat what's in front of us, even if it's more than we need out of habit. So at home, you can control the portion you put on and you control what types of food you put on, whether you're putting on more protein, whether you're putting on more vegetables, you are totally in control. And so those are benefits of eating more protein or eating more of your meals at home when you're looking to lose fat and maintain a leaner, stronger, more capable body composition. Okay, so that's what my roommates were already crushing. They were planning their meals, they were already grocery shopping regularly, and they were already making the majority of their meals at home. Incredible habits, and those are sometimes places to even begin, right? First, before you go to change what you're actually eating. Get those in place first, and those will actually give you a lot of times great results already before you even begin to alter your diet. But they were doing that, so we moved on. And the one thing that we looked at that we identified that was room for improvement for them was eating more protein with their meals. Now, if you listen to this podcast, if you know me, if you follow me on social media, you'll see that I am very, very, very bullish about eating a higher protein diet. Now, there are two primary benefits for increasing the protein in your diet. And that is the higher protein diets promote leaner body compositions. It's almost like a subconscious, almost an automatic um, promotion of that for two reasons. One is that protein, as we talked about earlier with the three drivers of body composition, protein is a macronutrient that tells your body, it promotes lean mass retention and gain. So it is like a button that when you eat protein, your body's like, Build our muscles, maintain muscle mass. And so to a point, right, to a point, the more protein you eat, the more likely your body is to maintain the muscle mass, the lean mass you already have, and the more likely your body is to be able to build more, to get leaner when you combine it with exercise. That's one benefit of the high-protein diet. The second part of this is that eating protein, again, is a stimulus to your body to reduce hunger and increase satiety or increase feelings of fullness and satisfaction. 
Going back to ghrelin and leptin, as we talked about earlier, with sleep, protein decreases ghrelin. When you eat more protein, it decreases your hunger hormone and it increases leptin. This is what we want if we want to maintain a leaner body, is we want to find foods that decrease our hunger, decrease ghrelin, and keep it lower for longer or keep us more full and satisfied for longer because then we are less likely to snack and less likely to eat food that we don't need or that doesn't not align with the goals that we have. And so for my housemates, what we decided was, all right, the one thing we're going to pick, as we talked about earlier, pick one thing, and that's going to be, we're going to shoot for eating more protein with meals. Now, the overall protein goal that we decided to shoot for each day is the one that most protein experts are recommending right now in the space. And that is to eat one gram of protein per pound of the ideal body weight that you want to weigh on most days per day. So one gram per pound of ideal body weight per day. Let's give an example because that sounds a little complicated. It sounds kind of sciencey. For me personally, most days I want to weigh about 185 pounds. That's a body composition. That's a weight that gives me, or that's, that's the weight at a body composition that I enjoy. It's fairly lean, not too lean. Um, so I feel good. I've got great energy, great fitness, all those things. So I want to maintain about 185 pounds a day for my ideal body composition. So for, since that is 185 pounds is what I want to weigh. I'm going to shoot for 185 grams of protein a day in general, give or take, right? This is nothing to get super neurotic about, but just shoot for about that one gram per pound of what you want to weigh per day. So for most people, you can track your food, you can weigh it, you can measure it, et cetera. That's great. But an even easier way, which I recommended to my housemates is just to at meals, look at your plate and have about a quarter to a third of your plate be filled with a high protein, lean protein food. Foods like red meat, uh, steak, uh, pork, seafood, chicken, poultry, eggs, cottage cheese, like a low fat cottage cheese, a low fat Greek yogurt. All these options you can put on there and just shoot for having about a third to quarter of your plate be comprised of that high protein food. If you do that for most people, that'll get you very close to one gram per pound of the ideal body weight per day. Now you may have to tweak it a little bit if you are a much larger person, much smaller person, but then again, the amount of food you eat kind of scales compared to how large you are. Like my brother who's six eight is going to eat more food than me who is 5'11 and 7 eighths. Almost got six feet, not quite. Um, and so, yeah, shoot for about a quarter to third of your plate to have a lean protein, a high protein food, and that'll probably get you there. You don't have to weigh anything. You don't have to track anything. That's a very loose, easy, quick look at your plate as you're portioning it and be like, okay, let's put on one more piece of protein here. That gets me about a third of my plate being protein. Perfect. That's a great place to start. Now, also a little bonus thing here. For them, how we decided to do this to again make this simple as we can was we just decided, okay, the protein sources that you're already eating, let's just stick with those. Let's not change anything. Let's just buy and prepare 
a little bit more of those foods that you're already making. So for them, they eat a decent amount of chicken breast, a decent amount of steak, and a decent amount of ground beef and low-fat cottage cheese. Those are things they were already eating, high-protein foods. They already knew when they like to eat them, what meals they like to eat them with, how they like to prepare them. They already just knew how to do that. And so instead of like, let's just totally change up your entire diet, all we did was like, can we just increase how much of those foods we eat when you eat them? It's that simple. So if you're eating chicken breast, if you're, you know, making, mixing it in with like Alfredo and noodles, for example, just try to double. An easy way is just like, all right, just double the chicken that you're already going to eat with that meal. That's it. Just double it. Perfect. You're probably going to hit that quarter to third of your plate as high protein. And that's as simple as it can be. So their goal for the next one to three weeks really is to try this out. Increase the amount of protein that they're already eating at most of their meals and see how that affects their hunger. If it works, if it's good, great. Once they get used to eating in that dietary style, once it becomes a habit of them to load up more protein onto their plate, kind of balance out how much protein they're getting, maybe reducing some of their carbs, maybe reducing some of their fats because they're eating more protein out of meal. Once that becomes a habit, then we can move on to the next thing. We can either pick another nutrition thing or we can focus on a sleep habit or we can focus on an exercise habit, right? One thing at a time, building piece by piece into the lifestyle, which is going to allow them lose the fat, lose the weight they want to lose, and then maintain that moving forward. So I hope that helps. This episode was a snapshot. It was a case study of the very beginning stages, how we think about, or how in our case, we thought about what's going to be a good first step for my housemates in beginning reaching their goal. We talked about the big drivers of body composition, things you can think about if you have a similar goal, if you're looking to get going at losing some fat, that if you want to lean out your body composition, think about sleep, think about nutrition, and think about exercise. And finally, we talked about the importance of doing one thing at a time, making, you, making yourself, setting yourself up for success, to build momentum, to build wins by doing one change at a time. Playing with it, tweaking it, modifying that change, making it a habit, building it into your lifestyle to where it feels like something you do normally. And once you've made that one change, built it into a habit, built it into a routine, then to go on to make next change. So hope you found this valuable. We're all going to be cheering on my housemates, I'm sure, from the sidelines. We'll see. I'll keep you updated on the next steps, how this works, how they evaluate it, what results they get moving forward. So hope this provided some value for you. Oftentimes for me, I get a lot of benefit from hearing real life examples, seeing how people thought through things, seeing what decisions, what systems, what plans they set, because it just gives me an opportunity to think, oh, would that work for me? Would it not? How might I be able to tweak their experience or tweak their example to better fit my lifestyle? I hope you find this valuable, and I hope that this type of content enables you to be more successful in making sustainable changes, simplifying your health behaviors and routines, that you can build a lean, strong body, 
clear energetic mind, incredible vitality, so that you can get out there and fully pursue your purpose, maximize your impact, and live a deeply fulfilling, meaningful life. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode of the Optimize for Impact podcast.